Hit Mix 107.5 FM The Power Station with Colin Curtis
hard to understand, I tell you. It's Friday night, you're on Hit Mix Radio 107.5, you're with Colin Curtis, and uh, another one of the Special Soul series, which have gone now uh, six months in. Uh, tonight, my special guest is Steve Plum, we'll get to him in a second, uh, but of course we've had uh, Tim Bendy. we've had all sorts of people in the studio, and still to come, Andy Tats-Taylor is going to be in here in August, John Corliss in September, we've got Charlie Reese from London, and uh, a big fan of the 100 Club, he's in here on the 20th of October, uh, one of my favourite people in all the years I've been doing this is here in November. That's Brian 45 Phillips from, uh, of course, The Twisted Wheel. But, I mean, for me, that man sold me so many great records. And he's still doing it today. He's still turning people on to fantastic music. And then uh, the one and only Tim Bandy back in the studio on the 22nd of December. December's my birthday as well, you know. And somebody said, that you, you must be getting on a bit now, Cole. Well, it's not true. It's just absolutely not true. Um, but I'll run you through those. We kicked off a kind of Blackpool Mecca last hour field tonight. And uh, one of my favourite labels, and one of Steve's favourite labels as well, uh, Sir Wales Wallace kicked us off uh, with whatever you want. And uh, that knocks about in all sorts of formats. Have a look on Discogs or, or your local... Um, well, your local sort of bandit dealer, um, but don't pay too much for it. Uh, Jeannie Tracy, uh, making new friends, uh, brown door. Uh, of course, that door, that brown door was opened, of course, by Marvin Holmes and, and opened uh, originally by the one and only Mr. John Anderson who sold, uh, sold me the LP and then Neil Rushton found some singles and off we went. Um, and then we complete a record that both Steve and I agree um, should get more attention. I'm sure it will get more attention in time. One I played is a brand new release at Blackpool Mecca, uh, Jimmy Mack and a woman is hard, so hard to understand. We all know that one. Hello, Steve. Good, af- good afternoon. Good, well, it, it was good afternoon when you left when the I house, here, yes. but it's not good afternoon. Good evening, there. Colin. Good to be here. Good man. So, um, let's, let's with you, let's, we, we're going to go right back to the start, but we're, we're going to kick off with some of the music that you're currently featuring. Yeah, I just thought as a, as a way of um, uh, coming into the show, uh, just to play a few things that uh, basically I've just been buying. And this first record, actually, I only bought it last Saturday. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but there's also connections to the, to the record with yourself, which we can uh, talk we, about We later. can discuss, so let's get going. Eh? It's 11 minutes past eight, you were calling Curtis, and with a special guest, Mr. Steve Plum, we're on the Cell Series on Hitmix Radio 107.5. Here we go. When you're alone, do you think about me? When you're alone, do you really miss me, baby, baby, baby? Or does it make you wanna cry, cry like the way that I do? When you're alone, 
Take you with Colin Curtis on uh, one of these soul specials here on Hitmix Radio and my special guest tonight, Mr. Steve Plum, who's kicked us off there with three fantastic records. So uh, we'll go through them one at a time and uh, sometimes a story connected, sometimes not. Uh, but these are records that you've picked up uh, more recently, although they're all old records. Old, old yeah. oldies, yeah. A bit like me. I mean, you picked <laughs> me up recently and I'm old. Um, kicked off with a record on Breakthrough by Buddy Connor called When You're Alone. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I've started uh, with that as the first record for a couple of reasons. One, it was literally the last record I bought, which was on uh, Saturday okay. at the uh, Ukrainian club, a great club playing New Northern, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, not not Top 500 Northern, really good. Uh, I've been looking for that record for quite a while, it's quite tricky to find, and I had the other version by uh, the world's funkiest band yeah, yeah. on Cal Gold. It's the same record, exactly. Think, yeah, yeah, I've got that record. Exactly, yeah, same yeah, record, yeah. but I've been, you know, it's an itch you can't scratch <laughs> when you... And I finally got that record, and, I, and as soon as I saw it, I saw the label, remembered that probably the last record I ever heard you play of a 60s um, variety was 
looking down at the Ritz and watching you playing the Inspirations. Yeah, on the same on, level. on that same level. So that breaks I thought through, yeah. it's a great way of, uh, of of coming into the show. Uh, you know, on on the. Friday night. I mean, once I mean, the music had changed at Blackpool, I mean, what, um, yeah, inspirations, because no one else had it, so I, mean, yeah. I, I maintained that till pretty much the end. Um, but another one was Herbert Hunter on Spar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a huge record for me, which, it, you know, kept going. Yeah, But absolutely. my sound had changed by then, so... Yeah, I was, I was uh, sort of remembering you playing that and uh, Ronnie McNair at the same Ronnie time. Ronnie McNair, yeah, the yeah, which one, was, yeah, another one, so that, John Anderson, and, and, yeah. and I had a good chat with uh, with Ronnie about that, you know, that first, uh, first yeah. time when, when John originally got into with him to say that this record's big. Yeah. Do you know where there's any copies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, next one was uh, Bernard Dupree, and that, that's another one that where there's more than one. Yeah, version, again, yeah. it's a very similar story to the Buddy Connor. The, there's a there's a version by uh, Cletus Marland, which is uh, the same record. I'm glad we don't have to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard one that. But again, that's a record that I've been uh, been looking for for a long, long time. Um, a couple of lads. Uh, have uh, been winding me up with it, who had it, and uh, Jed Lunt in particular. Yes, yeah, well, uh, that, that's his job. He's <laughs> even got a bit, he's, Jed's got a building in his back garden, everyone, that he sits in yeah. and finds stuff just to wind people <laughs> up with. But I finally uh, got one, and again, it ma it makes uh, perfect sense to follow follow that, and that was only, again, maybe a week or so ago that I bought that. So. That's on Granger Records, it's called You Are Going To Miss Me, Bernard yeah. Dupree, and Lovely. then the last of the three, uh, which you've compared to uh, The Fabulous Dells, but that was Brooks Odell and a record called Standing Tall. Yeah, again, that's that's something I actually uh, didn't know the record uh, till about a week ago. I was just playing through some records that I'd bought in a collection, you know, for for resale. And the other side's a bit more of a northerny thing. Uh, just spinning it before I put it up for sale, and uh, it just knocked me out. Standing tall, I'm singing "Make Sure" to it. So uh, Adele's uh, yes, singing to it while it was on. I'm thinking <laughs> and that ain't going nowhere. That's uh, great. I was going to say it's not gone up for sale. No, no, it's not. No, it's gone into the collection. So again, it just shows that you were always learning. There's always things. That's a good thing about a record deal. Tell, tell me a little bit about the record deal because you, you didn't used to do that full time. What did you do before that? Um, well, I've, I've always dabbled in oh records. no I understand that <laughs> I, I, you know, but yeah. that, like you, I'll go back with Dave Thorley and of course Dave yeah. I remember da having a conversation with Dave at, uh, at Blackpool yeah. Uh, after the tragedy that happened in his life. And yeah. then, you know, just before that, though, he, he was asking me, you know, I'm trying to convince the wife that, you know, I, yeah. I just want to sell records full time. And, yeah. you know, Dave's, Dave's from the same school of business as I am, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's tough. But it, it, the timing for you has worked as well. And you, as I say, you've always dabbled, but then... You, yeah, I've, you, I've dabbled. And uh, and in I think it, it started by buying... Um, a soul bowl record pack. I think there was a hundred for ten quid, something like that. And yep. you know, so you you're marking them up, selling them at thirty p and forty p <laughs> and things like that. Started like that when you were at school. Yes. You know, so I've always dabbled, and then over time, I've done it full time for periods of my time of my life. But this time, I've actually been doing it full time now for probably thirteen years, twelve, thirteen years. And and, and would you say in that period that that discogs has become a crucial? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, because if you go back, say, 15 years, 20 years, I mean, there wasn't yeah, Discogs. No, no, I mean, it's, it's, and in the early days, no, nobody knew what you were talking about when you said Discogs. When, when this Discogs, uh, as it started, I think there was another uh, company called Gem, which was very, very That's popular. Right. But uh, I think Discogs did a deal with Google so that every time anybody did any search for any record in the whole world, Discogs came up as the first and it blitzed. Yeah. It blitzed, blitzed Gem everyone. went out of business. And that's how... That's why they are. And, they and, are and of course, the downside for I mean, the good thing 
is you press a button, you can go on Discogs yeah. and find a record. I mean, yeah. whether you want to pay that price, or, you know. But obviously, the prices are affected because it's a bit like the old car glasses guides. That the, well, you know, once once that's out there, it's perfect. It for, it's perfect for buyers and sellers. So, so then then it goes back to the old days, which mm. is all about knowledge yeah. and ears. Yeah. And you've got both. So <laughs> we'll continue with Steve Plum and uh, with Colin Curtis on this Friday night. Another Soul Special. Yeah. 
on there as well but uh, that's the kind of record that um, going back to Blackpool Mecca that's the kind of record that Jan Barker um, from Todd would have raved about because Jan, Jan did come to the Mecca but all the music was Absolutely. much too fast he thought we were playing it on the wrong speed <laughs> um, but yeah what a fantastic record well, let's go back to the start there and uh, that was a record by Justin called What Can I Do yes. and uh, that's on uh, Down East label yeah. and you say the other side is more on a northern tip which is called Right Now yeah, that's which correct. is issued Twice, as well, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the one with the. What, what can I do? Was the was was um, 
uh, the, the B-side that you don't see as such. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Which I, I'm playing that, especially for Tim Ashibendi, who uh, I've literally just uh, come come from. We've just had a coffee in a, in a lovely little pub near where he lives and yeah. uh, a good catch-up. And I thought I'd play that for him because it was a record he, he sold me, well, 20 years ago, just... He's, he's, he's part of the unbelievable fabric from Stoke on Trent, you know, because yeah. I mean, him and Butch, Keith yeah. Mitchell, yeah. myself, there's so many people. Yeah. Surrounded um, by Stoke legends. Yes. Today. I, even met, by I even met Doris today. You did as meet well. Doris, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And my son will be pleased that you met Doris <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> a shout out to Doris as well because he said he's listening live. So, yes. Uh, that, yeah. That's if he can work the. <laughs> the radio or whatever he's listening on. Oh yeah, um, the, the, the the Justin was a it was a was a you know, obviously down tempo sort of crossover and uh, um, it, it was one of those phone calls. It was uh, yeah, you you like all this uh, down tempo stuff, don't you? Yeah. Try this, and I did. And I I'm think that was it. I'm glad I, did. I, I mean, because Tim Tim and Butch, I mean, through that American trips, obviously opened up the door um, yeah. to to bringing records back, particularly that they didn't know, mm. and and sometimes it would fall into that category where this one side would be relevant to them, yeah. but then another side, because I mean, if you go back to Bobby Sheen. Uh, Butch didn't like something new to do. He liked the other side. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it, and horses for courses. But that's what made this scene so interesting. I for think me. there's a. I think there's a story there that um, I think was it. I think Pete Wood was telling me the story how that eventually got played at Stafford. They gave they gave Bobby Sheen to Dave Thorley to play, and uh, just to play that it's a monster. It's going to be fantastic. And I think Dave. Uh, played, I may not be what you want. Yes, and the beat would shouting to him, no other side. Other side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, if that's not right, Dave, I apologise. But beat would definitely told me that. <laughs> no, but the, the, the thing is that both sides are brilliant. Yes, but, but, absolutely. You know, really, but it was uh, yes, yeah, something new to do. Just just got it's all just that classic got it. class, hadn't it? You know, got it, yeah. The arrangement, everything yeah, on the record. Got it. Oh yeah. Uh, we then went on to Len Jewell, who's uh, yeah, obviously a well-known name on the northern scene and on the crossover scene, and a label called Mr Wood. That was a track called She Went. Way. Yeah, that's again that lots one? of stories to be on that record. To be honest, it's a it's a record that I think the, the backing tracks used two or three times. It's uh, Gordy Colbert on the uh, review and yep. Sonny Craver on Terry D. Yep. But that's that's a record that uh, originally um, Barry Malidi put me onto when we was doing the Saints seventies nights in the nineties. Yeah, I think he'd put it on a tape and uh, the one of the free tapes that you give to people and. Uh, I, I was after that for so long. It was a fantastic record, and then, as it happens, I ended up getting one off Butch at Yarmouth right. uh, in the in the nineties. And, and so again, that that's a, um, uh, a thank you to Butch for uh, selling me an absolutely tremendous record that I sold a few loved. records over the years and obviously yeah, broke a few records. Has. I mean, he he, he kind of uh, he kind of appeared in the and, and and started to make his mark at Stafford. Um, you know, all, all all the major clubs are gone, Blackpool are gone, the Wheel are gone, the Torch are gone, everything are gone, and he kind of uh, was part of. I mean, the Stafford thing, which Keith Mitchell, you know, Keith Mitchell always in all these all those clubs is always relevant because Keith was a very topical DJ. He was very intelligent. He, he watched what was going on around him, and then to be surrounded by the likes of Keb Dodge and and Butch and yeah, but he still kept punching his own. I mean, mm. Keb sent me a great message, you know, to read at his funeral. Mm. Um, 
you know, some of the fantastic records that Keith had that he wanted and he was offering huge amounts of money for. But, um, but you know, it became a phenomenon, yeah. I mean, he, he, he took all the uh, all the blueprints of John Anderson and, and everything else and, you know, him and Tim jumped on there to play for the first time and went off and up towards the sun and uh, thankfully they uh, did the job they did. Uh, and then we went on to a ballad which you were, you know, quite reluctant to play. But, I mean, <laughs> what... what if, what a record! I mean, I don't, I don't know that record. Car Carolyn Champion. Yeah, look what you've done to our love. It's just, uh, I, I wanted to 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 play, um, you know, records that I love as well as records that remind me of um, either yourself or the or the venues that we've been through over the years. And that's just a, a, a I love Deep Soul, but it is a very personal. That's the reason I didn't want to. I was. It woman and are in whether to play it because I find Deep Soul very personal, you know. I th no, I think I think it is. I think yeah. I think it probably feels that way because it doesn't get played much in clubs. I know there was a period at Stafford where they tried to play beat ballads and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Blackpool Mecca, yeah, certainly slowed the tempo down in that environment with a low roof and in that room. It, 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 it you could do it, and all the speakers at the Mecca were, were aimed on the dance floor. So you know, That's if true. you're sitting around the outside, you could still talk. Mm. Um, and I think. Um, I think what's happened over the years as well is, is collectors have become more part of what's going on. I mean, and, and you and other people and myself find out about records, you know, that collectors recommend that are not getting played out in clubs. But I mean, my tactic for that, and I still do it on the modern scene, is if <laughs> I've got if I've got a slow record um, that I want to make a point of it, then I'll, I'll just start off with it yeah. and I'll just say something. Oh, I'm starting slow, and then we'll build up. Mm -hmm. But that. Yeah, you know, would would be something that would grab people's attention. So you should definitely play it. Yeah, and one one of the things, obviously, I'm going to play later on. Hopefully, is uh, is some of the again the B sides to Northern records when you were when we were when we were kids that got me into Deep Soul. So you know, hopefully that we can get fit a few of them in, and one that's got something related to that T-shirt that you've got on at the moment. Yes, and and, and well, I mean the Deep Soul re relation as well for a lot of people came through. At, you know, through Dave Godin and, yes. uh, you know, the, the influence he had. Yeah. And uh, I've been talking about him today with different people and, uh, you know, that whole that whole London thing with Soul City Records, with Contempo Records. I mean, back in those days, I, I was in Contempo. I put it on the thread today, but I was in Contempo in 72 and uh, bought two albums that day, um, George Benson, White Rabbit, mm -hmm. and All the King's Horses, mm. Grover Washington. Yeah. And I went down there to buy Soul Records. But, <laughs> you know, but... That's the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, we hear good music. You can't leave it in the shop. True love can be so hard to find. No. And once you find it, it can mess up your mind. Ooh, Lord, everybody needs Ooh, Lord, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
from Steve Plum, you with Colin Curtis on um, Hit Mix Radio, yeah, 2047. Uh, for those of you who are not on that, that means it's nearly 10 to 8. Uh, 10 to 9, sorry, 10 to 9. Don't put your clocks back, it's okay. Um, and we've continued there, a little bit more familiar this time. And some of the records obviously influenced you in the past. And uh, we kicked off there with an absolute classic from Mr Alexander Patton. And uh, the producer on that was... Uh, you're going to tell me who the no. producer is. You're not, are you? I'm going to tell you who produced that record. You've got my record in front yeah. of you, that's right. Jimmy Mack produced Jimmy that Mack, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we went on to J.J. Uh, Barnes, of course, uh, Real Humdinger. Um, I mean, these these were the early records, weren't they? I mean, it was um, Surprise Party for Baby Vibrations. Mm. It was, you know, these were the first of the imports that were starting to come through. Uh, you know, Golden World, Rictic. Just a magical time. I mean, to hear... Uh, yeah, of course he went on to Funkadelic and he went on to that, but when you hear Don't Be Sore at Me by Parliament, mm. you know, you just put, still put... Don't, uh, don't Be Sore at Me is probably one of the biggest oldie reactivations I don't think I do a spot. Mm. I don't think I've done a spot in the last ten years when I don't play yeah. it. I could, I could listen to that record every day yeah, of, you week, can't not every day of my life. And, and the, the, first, the first forward. copy I had of that was, was, was on an album called yeah, Track. Tracks, yeah, on track. On track. And Track was one of my favourite levels, because who was on track? Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix, Hendrix you've, got it, you've got it. I, I, I officially had the day off school and got reprimanded and, and, and had to do, I don't know how many detentions to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, but the headmaster asked me what, you know, I, I, yeah, I went to grammar school, yeah, yeah, I got one of them things off eBay, said, said I passed all these things. Yeah. I hadn't really. But, um, you know, he, he explaining that I'd, yeah, I'd done it because Jimmy Hendrix had died, he had no clue who Jimmy Hendrix was. <laughs> and uh, so the, the punishment was forthcoming. Edwin Starr kicked, finished us off there with the, I have faith in you. Another absolute classic. The man still rests in peace in uh, in the Midlands, yes, in the UK. Absolutely. You know, I mean, conversations with Edwin over the years, you know, along the lines of, you know, this became his home. This, you know, the, the appreciation that he got in the UK and Europe absolutely. was just absolutely blew him away. Yeah, yeah. Um, just sitting talking to him outside the King's Hall in Stoke, leaning on his Rolls Royce at the time. Mm. <laughs> but what a fantastic character! I remember he turned up at. Um, He'd been doing a gig somewhere else, and he turned up at the King's Hall one night. Mm -hmm. uh, but there'd been some problem with the equipment, so when he got there, there was no equipment. And it turned out the equipment wasn't coming. So for 45 minutes, he stood on the stage with a microphone and just entertained them. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Right. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, it, it was as if the band were there, mm. but they weren't. And of course we had him at the Mecca, um, and J.J. Barnes was the very first artist we ever had at the Mecca all day. Yeah. And that was paid for by Ian Levin's father, thank you very much. And, um, you know, I mean, to be able to still play these records and having met these people, just just incredible for me, and uh, Alexander Patton. So those are the three records that you came across when? Oh, early doors, you know. Early that's, doors. Um, basically, uh... So where were you going in the early doors days? <laughs> Kindergarten. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, clubs or, or, or was it friends who... who no, got no, I, I, I basically was, um, uh, 1971, 2, 3, yep. you know, just basically as a, as, a, as a young kid, 11, 12, listening to um what the older lads were uh were, were, were telling us to listen to yeah, and yeah, such. yeah. and uh we had uh some great people in leyland uh i'm not from preston by the way on, on the advert <laughs> so that caused a bit of hair <laughs> a bit of a problem we're from leyland there's a there's a there's a always been a fantastic um following in uh, in in leyland yeah. and uh 
Uh, I think um, back down to the the youth club days, you know, you you, you had the uh, Ken Rigby and yep. uh, Mick Lee yep. DJing early on at the Civic Hall. I think you actually came down to the yeah, Civic I did, Hall yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very good friends with Ken. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, and he's he's still one of our my greatest friends uh, to this day, as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. is Mick. Uh, yeah. You know, and this, the, even even today, there's there's sort of seven, six or seven of us who meet up every couple of weeks um, and just talk about the old days. But we're all still into into what's, hap what's happening today. Black yeah. music, yeah. all yeah. everything new. And, and obviously through 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 your uh, record sales as well, you you. You're getting exposed to all the new, absolutely the new, the yeah. new stuff that's coming yeah, yeah, out, yeah. whether it's previously unreleased or or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think you know when the seven, in, the, the the kind of new several in, si singles were introduced. Maybe I'm going back probably 15 years, maybe a little bit more. Mm. Uh, there seemed to be it, it seemed to have a, a, a bit of a run. Then it kind of flattened out. Talking to people like Fish and mm. people like that, saying that people you have know, kind of gone off the boil a bit. Mm -hmm. But then it's had a, a complete renaissance. Oh, it's it's, it's mental at the moment. <laughs> uh, how much of a role do you think that you know when they press one fifty or two fifty and it sells out, and, and then and then all of a sudden you know a month later the record's hundred quid? What's your, mm. what's your feelings on that? That's uh, that's a that's a tough one because it's it's a hard one. If you've got a if you've got a record label and um, let's say you've got a half a dozen releases out and um, five of them you can get at normal price ten pound fifteen pound, but for some reason one of those six releases just happens to uh, cross boundaries in collectors and different scenes and it sells out straight away yep. and it's gone. Now, a, a, a record label might only be making 300 of each but they've got 250 left of the first five That's and right. all of a sudden the yeah. one in the middle yeah. has just gone. And, but, and but, we but don't know why. Even, <laughs> even at that point they don't repress it, do they? Well, I mean, a, a good example, and, and I got involved in this record because I tried to license it myself, but yeah. Grace Love, for instance, Fire, yeah, fire you know, yeah, which yeah. would you, you, I mean, you could hear that record for the first time and believe it was made in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, so not, it's difficult to pull that off. We yeah. all know that. Yeah. Um, but I spoke to Grace Love and she'd fallen out with the backing band and about five people were involved. Everybody wanted too much money and it just, mm. it was insane. Mm -hmm. Somebody did actually um, press them all. <laughs> yeah, and it was remixed as well, I think. Yes, uh, that's right. I've, I've, got, I've, got, a remix I've got the remix. As well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I prefer um, the original. No, no the, the remix doesn't work too yeah. fast. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work at all. Yeah. You slow it down to normal speed. Uh, to, to 33, it still doesn't work. <laughs> it's too fast. But um, great record. But I mean, do, do you think that's part of, of, of the fabric, though, of collecting? People, people want that to happen to a certain extent collectors want that to, or, they're, or, or they're quite happy that they managed to get one and, and took a, it away it's a hard one it, because um, you know people people are, are now thinking that um, instead of buying one copy from the label they need to buy three just to put two away for a, a rainy day you know but well I, I, I sell my, my records to Juno and, I'll, yeah. and you know some of the, sometimes they'll have a policy of you know it's one per person one, and, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and I, th I think that's fair I mean particularly in the case of a record that is going to sell out and not mm. get repressed that, that, mm. that everybody gets a chance to get hold of it it's, it's tough enough particularly for the younger kids as well yeah uh, you know t I, think, I mean to introduce to this scene and all of a sudden you need half a million quid just to, just to get true, yourself through there, there is another thing as well you know the, the another of the um, uh, 
reasons why you know a lot of labels only make 300 i would you know the the easy answer is we'll make 500 and there's more <laughs> no it, it is but also the risk factor goes yes, up, because they, they with, don't know yeah. which that record is going to be i mean sometimes sometimes yeah on the odd occasion you're going to call it right but running a label myself i mean i'm yeah. uh, coming up to eight now yeah and uh, one of them just failed miserably you know and yet musically in so, my opinion yeah. so one going, of the best going so, back to what we were saying though if you've got five of the six and you've you know you've got 250 in stock you end up if you make 500 you've got 450 that's right. in stock so yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I've played that game it's a hard one isn't it I've got it's the t-shirt yeah a bit more familiar but for me one of the best Northern Soul records ever
most emotive records you're going to hear uh, on, on anybody's show. Um, but that was three more records from Steve Plum, and we'll go through them one by one. I think we've both got stories on all these, actually. Uh, but we kicked off with the Volcanoes, The Laws of Love, and uh, where would you come across that originally? Just, just Not early, the record, but no, just, just hearing just it. Just yeah. an early record from the from the youth club you yep. know, that, yep. uh, that we were going to. I think um, uh, I started out with... Um, with a, a good friend of mine. In fact, he's actually my uncle, even though I'm older than him. But his, uh, <laughs> his name's Ian Brewster, which have you, you've probably yeah, uh, come, across, name, yeah. Uh, come yeah. across Ian. And uh, we started off together, uh, influenced by his brother Dave, who used yep. to go to the Torch yeah, yeah. and come back with all these uh, strange white label yeah, things yeah, on yeah. Out of the Past yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, <laughs> playing all these great records. So, Emmy discs and, yeah. and, 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 well, I mean, that was Chris Burton's label, Out to the Past. So I probably came across the, uh, the, Val the Volcano um reissue on that listening to the lads playing it at the youth club that we were I mean that, that was a record when we came from came to the catacombs and obviously at the yeah. time I was playing Sunday nights locally at Tiffany's with uh, with Pep yeah uh, with Keith and with Sol Sam um, and that was one of the ones and, and what I always liked about Pep Pep's records, even if it was a, a record here for sale, he would do the covers and uh, he must have taken calligraphy lessons somewhere yeah, yeah, along the yeah, line. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's just a beautiful uh, record. Told, uh, yeah, just, it's, just, it's, it's got absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always said that, um, uh, you know, top, top records mm. have always got a beginning that mm. makes people get out of the seat and walk towards the dance floor. Yeah. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. Yeah. But that's why I used to love uh, and started playing a lot of uh, records with a talking intro. I mean, Troy Keys, for instance, yeah, uh, yeah. Lord, what's happening to our people? Mm -hmm. Bobby mm -hmm. Womack, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just love that because the, the vibe that that builds up as people get up and start moving. Yeah, exactly. And then the tune yeah. kicks in. And uh, I, mean, oh, I remember people like Pete Mason, we've talked about him today, yeah, you're yeah. thinking that, yeah. that that wouldn't work. That kind of, but no. it, it he's been a massive, did. massive influence. Oh, Pete was around the Mecca and obviously yeah. knew what was going on everywhere. And Absolutely, so a massive yeah. influence. Yeah, mm -hmm. and also massive another fountain of knowledge to you know to find out about records yeah. you don't know. Yeah. And then we uh, the next record is a record that I've got out of Woolworths. Um, I think we got two or three copies out of Woolworths. Uh, Blue Rock, of course. Um, Odie Slabilla Boomerang. We got out of Woolworths. Mm -hmm. A lot of the Phillips stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Bobby Herb came out of Woolworths, and uh, the Millionaires came out of Woolworths. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wow. Um, you know, keep saying you don't love nobody. You know, thank you Woolworths for being American and sending these records over, <laughs> which confused most people in, in Woolworths shops because they've got a big hole in them how do you play them records yeah. I mean I, pl I play that for, for Ian Brewster it's one of his favourite well, records we, used, we, used, to, we used to love that record we'll also play it for Keith Mitchell because it, it, yes. it was it was the last record yeah. uh, last, certainly the last big record that, that he bought off Tim Ashley yeah. 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 yeah and um, yeah the, the story behind that which included Mick Smith as well yeah. but um, absolutely fantastic record well, the other, the other side's good as well yes it's just yep. been reissued uh, not reissued the, the original demo version of it, I think he's been released on, is it Kitch's label? Yeah, it is on Kitch's label, sold Dan McCoy's yeah, yeah, the demo Dan McCoy one, yeah. Like yeah, yeah which is arms. fantastic. Also done by Major Lance, yes. obviously, on yes. the other side of uh, You Don't Want Me No More. Another Stoke on Trent boy, exactly. Major Lance, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, well, it, it, it's, it's kind of true, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, he, he spent some time when he was here and uh, staying here. Um, yeah, obviously, Chris Burton was having to look after him and put him up and staying at different people's yeah. houses and working behind the bar occasionally. <laughs> I think it must be the centre of the world. <laughs> I think it is. I think it my, is. Uh, my father-in-law is from London, but he supported Stoke for some reason. And, well, um, there, there, there can't be a reason for that. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. I always wonder what you'd that was. To, you'd have to ask Dave Edison and, what the uh, reason my, for that is. My, my daughter's boyfriend's from Stoke as well, so uh, you're out there. 
My father took me to Stoke as a kid, so I mean, I was lucky enough to see Stanley Matthews and, yeah. and uh, all the greats. I mean, eventually, obviously, Gordon Banks, Shilton, all, all the rest of it. But yeah. uh, in those early days, in the 60s, yeah, and, um, I can remember one match particularly bringing in Burnley, 4 yeah. 4 right, against Burnley, and then the following week it was 4 4 against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. It was like golf fest every Saturday at Stoke. Oh, I would imagine father-in-law probably supported them because of Stanley Matthews, I would imagine. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was a massive connector of uh, people, wasn't he? And, yeah. and historically, I mean, he stood out Absolutely. at that particular time. Yeah. And he got the statue, of course, in Handley still. Um, and then we finished off with uh, a record that John Anderson sold me originally, and I started to play in the last hour at Blackpool Mecca. It's now bigger than it's ever been. Ever, ever been. It's uh, huge. Now, Judy Freeman it? and Blackrock on RCA, and of course the incredible uh, Hold On, which does need a reissue, I have to say. Absolutely, the people who would like to I, I, first came of, I only first uh, heard that off the uh, the Richard's RCA album and blissfully well, I, unaware, I, I think you know. a lot of people did I mean, I mean yeah. obviously when Richard was working for RCA and uh, you know Richard also claimed to fame with, with a record I reissued the Carmen Lundy thing which I put on the jazz thing Absolutely, because yeah. of his connections within the companies and also um what was the other one that uh, he was connected with it'll come to me again in a minute I've just had it and lost it but um no R R Richard you know by digging deep within within these companies that he, he, he was working for or with, uh, he was able to find these records and get them, get them out there. Yeah. I mean, that that's a fantastic compilation. It's it 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 brilliant, but it, it, it was weird because it, it it's absolutely 100% fantastic Northern Soul, and then you had that big Boris instrumental, which was a little bit jarring. I didn't yes. understand that. but And this was the, the uh, a bit funky at the time, and you thought... But this has stood the test of time, whereas I think Big, Big Boris hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's left the building, hasn't he? Yeah. Has. Uh, we shout Mick Howard. You were working with Mick Howard? Yes. Uh, so I w no, I wasn't working. I went as a, a punter to as a punter uh, to his club. Uh, and Dibali goes a punter as well. Yes, we two did. Two punters. Both, yep. We both oh. went there on. Uh, so you wanted two OAP passes? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'll do some, I've got some gigs coming up on the weekend, so I'll shout those after the next set of records, but uh, what's next? Well, the next one is, um, is, is it's, again, another homage to uh, your good self, uh, from the, I think the Dave Godin uh, uh, article, where you where listed all the records you were playing, this at is the one time, of the ones yeah. that doesn't get talk, talked about much, but it's, it's in there. It is. Cause I'm a bachelor, so I'm 
some fantastic selections from Mr. Steve Plum. It's uh, Hit Mix Radio, Colin Curtis, on a Friday night. Part of the Soul Series special, and uh, Steve Plum is here this week. Ne- uh, next month, it's going to be uh, Andy Tats Taylor. And uh, if I had my glasses on, I'd actually see that. 18th of August is Andy Tats Taylor. 29th of September, John Corliss, coming up from uh, Lincoln. Uh, obviously being green, but he will get here. And then Charlie Reese, um, long, long friend of mine, a man used to come on my car occasionally when I let him, uh, back in the Mecca days, that's the 20th of October. On the 17th of November, one of my all-time, as I say, favourite people, Brian, 45 Phillips, uh, Twisted Wheel, uh, Legend and, and beyond. I mean, he's still doing it, as I say, today. And then Tim Ashibandi is back with me on the 22nd of December. I've signed up some players, because apparently it's a transfer uh, period at the moment. I've signed up some players for next year as well so I will keep this going once a month and uh, it's a nice respite from from everything else that I do but uh, talking about everything else that I do before we go back to Steve I will run through uh, some of the gigs I've got going on this particular weekend and and very recently Um, you know and if you know that I've got my own record label and you know that um, also I've tied up with Jazz Room Records on the Indigo Jam Unit one of Japan's most incredible um, jazz bands uh, disbanded in 2016 after making 11 absolutely electric albums uh, but I've done a kind of best of and hopefully there'll be another one to come uh, next year but Friday 28th of July I'm down in London at the BBE store along with Paul Murphy the head honcho from Jazz Room Records and that's free admission uh, you can get a ticket off Skittle if you, if you go on to uh, that or if you're around London the BBE store is in Helmsley Place in London and that is actually yeah, in the East End, it's E83SB, um, and that's, uh, I'd say, free admission. You can turn up on the night, you don't have to uh, go through that ritual. This Saturday, I'm down in Birmingham and going back to another period in my life, which was, of course, uh, the Jazz Funk Soul period, and uh, working with Mr. Major Popular, four of the DJs, and a box of records, although I'll be taking about four boxes of records, as, as is normal, and uh, going through that period from kind of 77, 78, right through to about 83, 84, so so uh, if that's your kind of thing, it's all going to be on vinyl and that's happening this coming Saturday and that's down at the Rectory uh, Bar and Restaurant in Birmingham. That's Cannibal Day. It starts at uh, 3 in the afternoon and we're there till 1am in the morning. And then the following day, we go up the motorway to somewhere in the park at the Duncan Half Hotel and you're playing there, Steve, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you I'll are. be in the uh, crossover. Uh, and, and, yeah, we won't let you in. The, in the, you, yeah, I'm not well, allowed in your room. I know, but you, <laughs> you'll still be bringing some of your house records. I, I remember you all hiding in the corner at, uh, at uh, not Cultures, what was the one before? Um, Lawton, Lawton yes, Backroom. Where, where, yeah. where you put the soul record on, on the when you look through the bag, you see the soul record on the outside, people think you've just bought soul <laughs> and in the middle there's all these house records uh, that you bought. Tell, I, I was hoping you weren't going to tell that. No. Story. Sunday the 23rd, that's this coming Sunday as I say, Duncan Half Hotel and Spa and again you can pay on the door, there's three rooms of music, soulful dance, modern soul uh, and of course quality 60s and 70s, I'll be doing a mecha set in there and uh, then there's the connoisseurs room. You'll be in the connoisseurs room. That's where room. I am. Because yeah. you, you can spell connoisseurs. I certainly can't. Um, so that takes care of this particular weekend. Plenty more um, I'll tell you about as, as the show goes on. But let's go back to the records that we've just uh, gone through. Again, uh, connections on, for both of us on all those yeah, records. But we kicked off yeah. with uh, Bobby Banks and I'm a Bachelor, a record I forgot about. But you reminded me it wasn't that column. But, um, it was, yeah. That's that why I first... I mean, I, I think I made it... Um, a thing to try and buy everything, every single record in that column, you know. I think, so I think a lot, I think Eddie did as well. Yeah, I think, I think, I think yeah, I remember you talking about it last, last month and B- it. Big uh, shout to Eddie Hubbard and of course uh, Andy yeah. Tastel who listening in as well, but, um, 
yeah, that was a trip for me, and, and, and there is a picture that I took, because for the article I needed to take a picture, and of course, I, no money left for cameras in them days, I, I, I drove over to Lincoln without, without um, a GPS or without anything. In those days, a map. Mm. I eventually got to Dave's house and I was staying overnight and uh, he pulled a box of records from underneath the sideboard, uh, just just a shoebox, literally a shoebox of some records and that was when I got um, things like uh, The Crow and mm. uh, you know, the, the, the promo of uh, Since There's No Doubt, Chris Jackson. Wow, wow. Um, you know, but I mean, the records I was talking about that day in particular and still one of my all-time favourite records, Lou Edwards, of course, talking yeah. about poor folks, yeah. which I think I wore out two copies at the Mecca. But, um, yeah, just fantastic memories. And, and that's a record I, until you put that in front of me tonight, I've completely forgotten about. So that's I'm a Bachelor by Bobby Banks, and you've come across that because of that article. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah it's been a favourite man for many, many years, and uh, you never hear it anywhere, and it's it's not necessarily an expensive record, but it's just, just a great sound. Just a great sound, yeah, yeah. Very nice 60s feel, mm. but some touches of yep. funk as well. It's, yep. it's all in there. And then uh, Rio Lane on, Bre on Bren Records, which is Give Me Your Love, which is another record that, again, so many records in that period at Blackpool Mecca were played for one, two or three weeks. And mm -hmm. the opportunity to to elongate some of them, as as with Judy Freeman earlier, was if if they did kind of catch a light in that last hour. Mm -hmm. But this was one that didn't catch a light in the last hour. But you've you've picked this up from a listing that I've got up on my blog, yeah, yeah. which I don't do enough on the blog anymore. I've got I was bliss, blissfully aware that, that was a last hour record, and uh, yes. uh, and people like. Pete Mason and Pete Egg used to sort of uh, make sure that I, you know, as a young lad that I knew that you knew. Was going on. Yeah. But that was never mentioned, and I've had that in my collection for years. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, part of that list was documented by um, Dave Koreski from, yeah. uh, from the Midlands, yeah. um, and, and part of it listed by myself. But, I mean, there's still a whole chunk, oh, yeah, which yeah. hopefully will be in my book. Um, yeah. But we've now added about another 150, I think, uh, so far. But I think there's more to come. But, I mean, that was just one of those records. But when listening back to it now, there's a touch of Barry White, there's a touch the vocals, the arrangement... Very, very nice indeed. Yeah. And of course the price will go up now overnight. <laughs> um, and then one of my all-time favourite records, I used to play this, I told you, top of the show, um, Wales Wallace, Somebody I Know, yep. along with uh, Willie Hobbs, till I get it right. And uh, again, just a cheap record from Sunday. I'd, I'd brought both of the um, Wales Wallaces to play today because the first one you started off, yep. uh, again, Innovation 2, a label that was uh, sort of drummed into me, you need to buy everything That's on right, Innovation you 2. Do. And, 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 everybody did. I tried to do a compilation, um, a, a CD and vinyl compilation, but it's, it, again, just problem. becomes in a, yeah. you know, too expensive. Yeah. Uh, I also would love to do one. And you talked to, again at the top of the show before we came on air about Nine Chains. That's another yeah. fantastic label. That, that, those those two labels were the first um, things I had published as a, as a writer, if you will. I I I, I um, did a, an article on um, from Voices from the Shadows. Yes, my first uh, article ever on in a, a Nine Chains label, uh, followed by Innovation Two. The and, I, and I think I think that cover after that, those labels like that proved proved the strength of the seventies as well. Yeah, I, yeah, As well as the major labels where you've got yeah. Curtis Mayfield's, but you've got all the stuff that was coming out on RCA. Yeah. All the major labels were, were interested in you know become interested in black music, and then as as the seventies progressed. Of course, it went to albums and 12s rather than 45s. Yeah. But it's interesting nowadays that, you know, singles off Mandrill albums with 100 quid, they can buy the album for five. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can never <laughs> understand no, that. No, it's another, 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 another uh, I'd say, for instance, you know, I, I 
don't own too late on on a single. No. I've got it on a on the oh, album yeah, because there's also um, the great dancer that uh, I think you used to play. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Rafters yeah. just can't. Um, yes, yeah, well, it'll I, come to me. In a having minute. a love attack, we've got so yeah, many yeah. Uh, different tracks. No, it, it's so easy loving it's you. It's so easy loving that, you. That was yeah, a favourite of uh, so Smithy's, another uh, friend of mine from Layla. He loved that record. record. So you need to carry both in your box. You've got yes. too late. You got just yes. Uh, you know, so, so put the album in your box. Exactly. The album's in my box for this Sunday. Yeah. You're coming to Birmingham. You're going to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Mel Williams, sweet girl of mine, and I look on the back and I, 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 I recognise that writing, and that writing is? It's Pete Egg's writing, that. And yeah. it's £15, Mel yeah. Williams, and how long ago was that? Was that I think I, I was pestering him about uh, about buying it off him many, many years, it was probably 30 years ago, and uh, I had eventually, I think he either sold me his copy, or it may well have been Steve Naylor's, I'm not sure, but... It's still there, and I, I've still got the original uh, sleeve that he, uh, he sold it me. <laughs> just, just to rub it Just in. to show it him every time I see him, yeah. But, uh, I mean, A.D. Crowsdale had asked me to do uh, a Mecca compilation. Yes, great compilation. Uh, he said, um, can we concentrate on the Buddha label? Yeah. So, which, which is what I did. I have to say that, you know, a good, probably almost another album as well, where mm. they couldn't find the tapes, they couldn't do this. Mm. And I think it was Mel Williams and... Um, Margie Evans' Waterfall. Are you ready for a bus? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> he wants to go home, he's tired. Um, but Mel Williams, uh, I had to send Mel Williams and um, Margie Evans down to him in the post. But he did eventually send them back. Um, and I would have sold that in the collection when I sold all the 70 stuff to Johnny Manship. Ah, right. Um, so he, he, the B side of Margie Evans is nice as well. Yes. It's like, it's yes. So it suffers from only being on the B side of the issue. Again, again. again a lot of the Buddha records you, are like that. Aren't yes. But it, I, I was surprised at such a major label that was, you know, because there was lots of stuff that wasn't on the album. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of them, they didn't even have a clue where the master tapes were anymore. You know, you would have thought on the bigger labels that wouldn't be the case, but it was the case. And uh, But that, that album did okay, still sells a few, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah, a quality. quality. It did compromise, in, in my opinion. And put, it kind of put me off doing comps back then. I'm doing jazz comps nowadays. But, um, yeah, when you're trying to do soul comps, it just becomes too expensive. Everybody wants a piece, uh, you know, 27 members of the group and the management mm -hmm. and uh, who owns the label. Uh, we will continue and we're going, we're staying in that kind of mecca vein. Yeah, we're still in that. This is where I'm, uh, you know, I'm 15, 16, 17. I'm, this is where I, I, I really start to realise what's, uh, what's good in life, soul-wise. 90 minutes in, good in life, get an orange, it's half time. Mm. It isn't even half time. Had a good day at the cricket, but I think it's going to rain.
Now, we're firmly in the grip of Blackpool Mecca Highlander, aren't we? I mean, for me, I, I'm, I'm different residences that I've done over the years, I mean, but this particular period, you know, it's got to have been the most progressive club in the UK by an absolute mile. Uh, because of the emphasis on new releases, but still playing, you know, the best of what we thought was Northern at the time, although, uh, you know, things changed and a lot of other records got discovered as well after that, which <clears throat> I fully respect. But um, this particular time, that you know, the, the diversity of music, um, which we'll talk about, you know, the next move in a minute, but we kicked off there with Third Point Spirit. Uh, which one side is that uh, sort of weirdly funky record, mm -hmm. and the other side is a brilliant ballad? Yeah, one of the, that's another of the records I was talking about before, the way you would buy the <clears throat> the latest dance record and the, or the northern record, or in that point uh, a seventies record. Playing the other side, that poor boy is just absolutely phenomenal. Deep Soul, it's just yeah. un unreal. In fact, if we can get a chance later on just to play a, a couple of the uh, of the Yeah, well, we will, definitely, we, uh, definitely, in the last hour. But, although, <laughs> but yeah, those four records are records I've had since, um, pr pretty much since 76. I think it was at school when I brought, when I bought Brief Encounter. Brief Encounter, yeah. And we again, can. but that again is, 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 People like Pete, and Pete Mason told me to buy that record. Yeah, said, you've, got to, you've got to buy it. It's a monster. I, mean, I don't think it ever ever went into being a monster. At the uh, 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 am I right? Uh, it, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, it was a popular record. Pop, back yeah. But it, well, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a record that you would then take onto an old day or another event. But no, I absolutely I mean, love. I mean, but a lot of one. records. You know, when, when you talk about the list, uh, mm. it's on my blog. I mean, mm. a lot of the records were played sometimes just for a few weeks, yeah, yeah. Or, or even less. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's where the last hour came in for me to get, yeah. get an opportunity, you know, to push some of the stuff through. But, um, I mean, that, you know, with, with the kind of vocals on that, which is almost Michael Jackson-esque, mm. um, which fitted in with, uh, you know, Reggie Hotline. It fitted in with, you know, Mark Capage, which mm. originally covered up. Um, and so that kind of feel at that mm. time uh, was definitely very, very much part of the Highland Room. And then an absolute Highland Room classic on Fully Seated Records, uh, James Bynum. Yeah, again. With, with, I, I remember John ringing me and he, he said, I'm going to send you a record call. Uh, have a few copies in the box, but uh, I'll just ease them onto the last week. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he charged me a pound for the first yeah. one. And I did buy another one, in fact, uh, and Sol Sam heard me play it, and then he, he bought a copy. And uh, um, this is very much back in vogue again, isn't it? Tom? It is. I, d I distinctly remember it being on Soul Ball's list, and it was three pound on his first yeah. list. And that, that was when I think normal um, sort of imports was 85p at the time. So it was a lot of money. Yes. Uh, and uh, and that that is the copy there that I bought. <laughs> Still got it, you know. <laughs> but yes, uh, it seems to me that uh, I've heard it. I've actually heard it in uh, in quite a few different venues and, over and the that, last. And that's seventy five. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean that the magic for me was that as, as well as. You know, I've talked before about the place that I found in London that was sending the yeah. the records out to the Air Force bases. But I mean, what they they you know, I mean that's where mixed emotions shall allow that you know they got records that nobody you know no one else got. Mixed the, feelings, uh, yeah, mixed yeah, feelings. Yeah. Sorry, um, you know they got records that no one else got. I mean, that that was the same distributor that uh, IRMA same yeah, distributor uh, as, uh, as Walter idea. Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, mixing it with a jazz label. That's why I'm when you've got too much information in your brain. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then we finish off with, there was two albums released on this label, uh, you know, the Street People, uh, well, I mean, the, the more than one album, but I mean, you've got Street People, you've got uh, the, you know, the old Rhythm Makers Rhythm thing makers with the Zone, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but Vigor as well, I mean, Party People was a huge yeah. record, Pat Lundy, um, I mean, and, and these were records that were happening at the time of the next club that we're going to move on to, which is, which is Manchester Ritz. Yeah, which is basically my favourite ever club, uh, ever. I think I think in its original format. Yes. Uh, today, I mean, the, when, the, I, when, I, when, I did, when I did the, the documentary with Greg Wilson, we went yeah. around the clubs. I mean, it was one of the ones yeah. we could get in and talk about. But yeah. the magic of the Ritz it isn't there for me anymore because yeah, you know, that dance floor was unique. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was it was above head height. <laughs> you got to climb up to it. Absolutely. But whether you were DJing or whether you were standing talking, it, it, it was just a phenomenal venue. I think wasn't if it? you uh, if you um, experienced, um, you know. 400 people or whatever it was all dancing to cut your motor off black nasty yep. on that dance floor yep. that was the Ritz that's right that's but, right and, and 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 also that you know later on of course the development of salsa uh, records yeah, and that's all, how all it, that yeah, kind it goes of feel. that's that's why it's so um, important to and, me and, and then the, the jazz funk element coming yeah. came in and you know socially it became more of a black crowd as well yeah. and you know when me and john grant were still doing the ritz for instance uh, in, into the 80s but i mean you know those original days yeah abso absolutely magical and and when you think back at the artists who played that archibald the drills when soul city walking was mm. one of the biggest records at blackpool mecca you know i mean let's groove all those records were huge and you got um it was probably a bit of side effect we had tavares tavares was the biggest tavares yeah, was, was just great, incredible yeah. wasn't yeah. it yeah. i love the bits because sim simply because it brought um, it brought the two factions together it brought yeah. it brought what was happening at wigan casino and what was happening yeah, at blackpool for, mecca for, for that reason, together yeah, yeah. But, you know whether that was fashion fashion yeah. whether it was personal musical taste or whatever yeah. it was there, there was there was a a groundswell from the Ritz that was unique. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was, I was again, too, I was too, slightly too young to go to Wigan and Blackpool on a regular basis. I think, I, although I did originally sneak out to the uh, second anniversary of Wigan in uh, 1975, but that was <laughs> that was a uh, friends stopping at friends and yes, stuff yes. like that, you know. But uh, but the but the Ritz was a different thing because you, you got the uh, you got. Blackpool Mecca with yourself and Ian. You got Wigan with Richard, and you'd have, say, Dave Everson, and then yep. you'd also have the Cleethorpes uh, element as yeah, well. That's right. so that's John right. Manship and what. Yep. So you got the basis of all three, but going regular and regular, and then you saw the obviously the splits that was going on. Yeah, yeah. But then obviously, as jazz funk was 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 ushered in. Again, that was just a magical well, that, time. Well, then we had with Ronnie Laws live. Where, yeah, you know, I, saw, I mean, yeah, yeah, saw Ronnie Laws live there, yeah. I spoke to him about the Ritz when he yeah. came to Band on the Wall a few yeah. years ago, and, uh, you know, he remembered that day. He said, you know, he did, the response to, mm. to what he was doing was incredible. When you go back to records like Young Child and yeah, yeah. Always There, I mean, they're, they're, they're just as important. I just say, I still have a picture of him with his uh, with his soprano yep. sax yep. there, stood on the yep. stage, yep. On, the, yeah. on the stairs, I think. Yes, he was, yeah, yeah. yeah incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that was another magical thing. I mean, we were DJed on the stairs. I mean, occasionally on the stage. Yeah. I, think, I think when Chris Hill came up, we were on the stage. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, the stairs became became a, a kind of haunt, and, and you could see everything that was going on. You could also see the social changes of the different times of oh, people yeah. on the dance floor, and then the changeover when you went from Eddie Holman, this could be a night to remember, to you know, out and out northern, and it, it was it just moved things around. Fantastic times and. Uh, 2151, uh, you're with Colin Curtis and Steve Plum on Hitmix Radio 107.5, another one of the Soul Series special. So let's move on with more Ritz.
shouting out uh, Ian Bullock and also uh, Suzanne Pacente and uh, we've seen some more of that. Mick Rathbone. I'll be playing for Mick Rathbone down at the Pop Bank in um, November with Tim Bandy and Doris, who Doris is now tuned in. He's got it plugged into the fridge and it's sounding wicked, he says, and uh, <laughs> he's loving these sounds because I'm not picking these records. Steve's brought these records in because, and, and Steve is you know, one of the uh, most respected collectors and dealers on the scene and he's picking these records because they're bloody good records, that's the answer to that. <laughs> um, but this young lady, she passed, of course, I, I used to talk to you on Facebook as well. But, I mean, it was a magical time, hit and run, all, all these fantastic records which developed from Goldmine into South Soul. We'd had Double Exposure, we'd had all these fantastic groups. And uh, Loletta Holloway. And, of course, she did Sam D's songs, it's on the other side here. Unreal. Real Worn Out, Broken Heart. Yeah, unreal. An unreal version. Mm. And of course, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, what was it, Mother of Shame? Mm -hmm. That was one of yours. Uh, yes, I know it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicked by a few people afterwards, but yeah, I know I know who it was. But, I know uh, where you're uh, coming from as well. Yes. Brilliant, yes. brilliant. Yeah, record. unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable music. And yeah. uh, Lolita Holloway, for me, one of, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I mean, you put her against anybody. Yeah. I mean, she's just absolutely blind. Yes, but, but you said it yourself, that, that dreaming sounds like a thousand-pound record. It is, yeah, <laughs> absolutely a thousand-pound record. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean anyway. that, that's the nonsense yeah. of record yeah, values yeah. for me. You know, you know, I mean, records can be, even today, five pound, ten pound you know but you can still put a set together and blow people Absolutely. away if you know what you're doing yeah, yeah. Um, but then we kicked off with um, another record that was part, you know, part of that sort of rich changeover when this record yes. came on of course uh, mm. one crowd would get off another yeah. crowd would get on but uh, Willie Willie Jane Company which is still remained rare um, still remains unique and picked up a lot by the funk scene There's, I've got two edits of this which I play yeah. in different sets yeah. I played one on Impact on uh, my jazz show last Sunday mm -hmm. um, but, but isn't this due for a reissue uh, Hasn't somebody picked it up for a reissue? Don't. I've got a feeling. So. I've so, got a feeling yeah. that this is. Up for it's a had a lot of, like you said, remixes and it's, yeah, it's, like it's there's, crossed there's, over. It's a lot of interest um, again. But I mean, that was scenes. that was one of the classic, you know, different style of dancing, yeah. just everything and uh, mm -hmm. brilliant funky instrumental. And I know that that Butch fella started to get into some of them funky Whoa. instrumentals. Ooh, stop it now! <laughs> um, and then an absolute Blackpool make a classic, of course, the players, which turned out to be cameo, um, but originally on Chocolate City, of course, and uh, Larry Blackman putting all this together uh, from 1975 subsidiary of Casablanca and uh, of course it's just it's such a pivotal record again like that. Yeah. again that, that feel that, yeah. that brought and records like Burning Birch frame yeah. of mind um, brought a completely different feel listen to your heartbeat Little mm -hmm. Beaver all of a sudden you know the Mecca was just exuded week in week out mm -hmm. it was like they were doing it on purpose and sending his Blackpool Mecca <laughs> records week in week out and then there was a time of course one or two wrestles with Mecca management and we got closed for different reasons but I remember we had to move down to Stoke and we did a couple right. in the local Tiffany's here and brought coaches down from uh, you know because we still got that coach connection with mm -hmm. Mecca and with Preston uh, I think we brought something down from Blackpool as well and I know we brought from Birmingham um, and Wolverhampton um, but this Earth, Wind and Fire album dropped right in the middle of that you know yeah. that's the way of the world and, and happy feeling was just well that's what Stunning it was wasn't record. it and did it, how good did it sound just oh. unbelievable oh. Uh, you know I mean being able to introduce Earth, Wind & Fire music into that Blackpool Mecca environment for me 
another one of the most exciting parts of, of my yeah. DJing career. You played uh, Bio. Um, yeah, Bio was bit, another one of, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. massive. And Fantasy, of course, yeah. when, it, when it was new, when it was brand new. Yeah. And people come up to me sometimes and say, well, well that is well. Or what are you playing Lovely Day for? Well, we played Lovely Day before anybody knew what brand Lovely Day was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I've got some great jazz versions of it to keep it going. I dropped one on the, on the Manchester Festival last week. But, um, so, where, where are you personally at this time? You're still, you're still not going to any particular clubs or going here and no, there? Yeah, basically, uh, it's, you know, th those are Ritz um, memories yeah. for, for, for me. Um, and, uh, and obviously the, the, the next record is, is, a, is a pivotal uh, the record. The next, next record is a game-changing record. Game changer, a game-changing record. Yeah. And uh, the man uh, involved in that, I, mean, I remember going back retrospectively into Robinson's records in, in Manchester and buying, I think, five of his albums that, mm -hmm. that you know, that I, I wasn't, you know, wasn't aware just... just what an absolute monster this was! I mean, years later, when I, you know, when I was at Berlin, I remember going back and uh, I'd found an album by the Quartet Trebian, which was a big record for me, Boss Trebian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went back into Robinson's, and, and they had five other yeah. albums. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, Robinson's for me was the place to yeah, dig. Yeah, They're just an unbelievable record shop. Uh, yeah, and, I remember. You know, to yeah. have so many. Obscure their records on American labels. Yeah, you had Yanks across the road. You got Yanks, you got Ed Barbier, yeah. you got yeah. Robinson. Robinson's, of course, is, uh, I've told the story many times as well. They, they had the cardboard dividers, mm. and the stock control was written on there, so you knew the day it had come in the shop, when it had sold, mm. and when they'd restocked it. Just all the, and so you could actually learn about records that weren't in stock that you could you know you could perhaps look for elsewhere but a magical time and you, you you're going to the Ritz with friends or in the car yeah. or on the coach or oh, train I think it train. Was, was, was the, the, the main way but this this particular record that we're just about to play was uh, it must literally have just come in that weekend and you, you'd had it on the Saturday we played night. it on the Saturday and, and I think it was Ian Dewhurst played it when he was uh, guesting at the Ritz. Well, we, yeah, we, I think we, it, it, probably it, both played it on that day. It had just I mean, come in, and I, I just stood there with my mouth open. And, uh, and, and funnily enough, for, for an import, I mean, this, yeah. this sold out the first weekend, yeah. and then it was two or three weeks before Polydor you know, got any more back in, because I think this, as I said, was an absolute game changer at 11 minutes past 10 on a Friday night, changing games again.
in with all your seven inch buddies you're having to sneak these twelves through the door and yeah I mean Roy as we've already talked about but I mean Eddie Ross I mean that was a, that was a moment in time when I saw the potential for jazz dance I was in Chaplin's club on a Monday night when Graham Moore was playing and he started to drop a lot of the more shall we say disco even things like Alec Costin Dinos and Boyage and because they got these percussion breaks in and the dancers loved those percussion breaks and we got that sort of balletic jazz dancing that started to evolve in Birmingham and Eddie Ross was uh, was very much part of that and, and of course uh, that was the second album first album um, which also had tea leaves on stuff like that just some incredible incredible tracks and, and for me just one of those uh, you know fucking Edison moments where you think wow yeah. this could go somewhere else this could really go somewhere else and Eddie Ross Dias which I still play you know I've got an edit at the moment that, that I play um, played again at the weekend I'll be playing it uh, this weekend as well but Eddie Russ just had, had a different impact opened the door because we, we've got you know Manfredo Fest Jungle mm. Kitten yeah, all yeah. these fantastic yeah. records and, Chick uh, Career Chick Career massive I mean yeah. Central Park I mean and, and Richard always, always waving around his white label 12 at that one yeah. and then of course you know bands like this um, just fantastic and it, it epitomised what was going on in the record industry as well that you know the, the big labels were back Backing, um, you know, great soul bands making great music. It was different than 60s soul, it was different than 70s soul, uh, you know, just a different vibe again. And it's, it's great for me that you've come in and you're taking a piece of all these different elements that, for me, have been part of my life. Everybody hasn't made the changes, and I respect that. Yeah. I've got no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But I, I try not, you know, once I've opened the door that I enjoy, I try not to close the door. So, you know, just because I don't play this or that or I don't specialise in one area or another doesn't mean I don't like the music. I do like the music. I like all the music. And we're going to take a different trip now. We're going to take a trip down yeah, Soul Bowl Lane. This is basically into the uh, 80s when I think, um, uh, obviously, John realised all the indie um, sevens that was... Uh, around the uh, the US and nobody had had them over here and uh, th though some of the records then that he introduced us to uh, were just uh, still stood the test of time uh, like the one you know the first one I, I think so here. because I, I think what he'd recognized was there was there was still a collector's market that, that would be interested in these records that weren't getting played in clubs anymore mm -hmm. there wasn't a resident club at that time that no, was playing no. this type of music and so, you know, it, that developed in time and then these records became integral parts of different scenes uh, that had moved on. But, uh, I mean, the one thing that's missing for me is, as a DJ is, is, is residency. So if you're in a resident club, you can build up a trust with the crowd, you build up a rapport of records and also what I call a framework of records, you know, maybe 20, 25 records. That, uh, you know, that's what I was very impressed with uh, Soulful Dance uh, in Lytham yeah. uh, years ago when, when they started, I think it was the rugby club, or the football club at one point uh, and I came up for the first time and they were playing probably 15, 20 records that no one else was playing mm -hmm. and you know when, when you look back at the history of those guys behind that Andy Lett, Pete Haig and, and Steve Naylor yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they, they were still applying those same rules yeah, yeah. And, and, and playing good records that weren't necessarily well known mm -hmm. but once you've got a crowd that trusts you and that was a success of residencies. It's much more difficult to do that now. But I would imagine most residencies that are successful with much younger crowds. I mean, if I was to start a residency on a, on a Saturday night, or even Butch start a residency on a Saturday night and do the same club every Saturday night, it, it would be very tough to keep the doors, <laughs> but, you know, to, to, to keep the club packed. Uh, you know, uh, you know pe people now have got... 
a little bit more disposable income as, as they become older and will move around the world instead of, you know, okay, I like Louis Vega, so I'll go and see Louis Vega in Paris or, you know, or, or, or move around. I mean, you know yourself. I mean, do you get out to Europe? Uh, yes. I've been been to um, the main the main uh, European thing for me is uh, is Bilbao yes. uh, Soul for Real uh, weekend which yep. is which um, has been about fifteen years something I like know, that. Charlie Reese, on, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Reese, yeah, Charlie Reese, absolutely superb. And uh, was it Margie but, Joseph on? Is that the one? Yeah, Margie? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he put Margie Joseph on the phone to me. <laughs> Luke Curtin was as Luke Curtin, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jorbatan, Jorbatan was absolutely unreal. I worked with Joe Batan at um, at the Goodwood Festival when yeah. we did that first one. Remember that, yeah? Remember? Wow! Well, I mean, yeah. that was that was just Chichester. incredible. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and he, um, he he pretty much told his life story while he was playing the music. All the art operations we went through every aspect of them. Yeah, I think I saw him he at was absolutely Chichester. fantastic. It was good, yeah. but he, yeah. it, it was for some reason it was just Bob on point on point on Bilbao. Probably the best one of the best concerts I've uh, I've ever seen. I've, I've seen some of the video from there, and, yeah, and, and awesome. it, it does. There's, there's, there's like a, a tangible atmosphere, isn't there? Yeah, from, I think this, this year, which again, I think it could well be the the last um, one that's in Bilbao. Uh, I think the, uh, the 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 one this year is David C and uh, and Sexton. I think uh, this year. We talk about David C, very much a part of, the, of, of this. Yes, that actually, we yeah, that's a, a good way of doing it because night after night was a huge, huge, record, huge record, you know, and that um, is the type of record. Yeah, that, that door was now. opened in the northwest, you know, through Richard, yeah. through, through his radio show, and 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 through John Anderson still being able to supply these records. So that goes back. That connection goes back for me all that way. With whether it was dealers or whatever, I still got in the backup in, in, in the Mecca days, of course. Uh, Levine's trips to America, so maybe four or five thousand singles coming back in one hit, and and John bringing you know similar if not more mm -hmm. uh, and so connected to them also collected to individual guys like Brad from uh, Nelson Cone all all these people who, and and Al Jackson who we'll talk about mm -hmm. uh, later reference to Oscar Perry where they were writing to the artists and getting records directly so to open the whole thing up again uh, you know John again who's definitely a visionary and, and, and saw the market for this so we'll move into that period which is 80s soul um, which has still got plenty of life in it plenty
touched on the Ritz, we've touched on a little bit of Wigan um, and here we, we, we kind of the beginning of the weekenders which <clears throat> would have been what, 87 was Berwick and then we moved down to Caligran on the yeah. second one, I was ill, I didn't I didn't do Berwick and that was Kenny Burke wasn't it Yeah. Um, well, and then we moved down but just, just as a footnote to what was happening earlier, um, Willie J has, has prompted uh, Doris to remind us um, you see in Stoke-on-Trent I mean, there's always been uh, a fantastic following for, well, for rock music and for soul music mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah but back in 
the day. Uh, there was a pub as well in Hanley called the Antelope, which is no longer there. That was actually the main DJ there was the guy who worked in local record shop called Lotus Records. Mm. Uh, a guy called Phil Oliver who sadly passed away uh, in his forties, and uh, he was absolutely superb in amalgamating the two sounds. You know, from from Crown Heights Affair, the mm. Pointer Sisters sending back. You know, all all the clashes that people were struggling with. He would play those at the weekend, you know, to, to allow people really the opportunity to see. Mm. Yes, there's a difference, but yes, there's there's a, a reason for both to exist, and, and I think that's what definitely happens with 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 eighties soul, particularly. I mean, again, you know, the resident clubs have gone away. Uh, the weekenders definitely became a focus at that time, mm -hmm. uh, both for jazz dance as well, and, and you know, the beginnings of Southport as well. You know, came out of that. Um, this particular time, as you've said, John Anderson uh, going across there, digging deep, finding 80s records now. And, you know, I mean, Curtis Anderson, which he thought he was going to get an absolute load of, which never happened. Um, but I remember he gave me two copies of that, and he said, play this, can't see if you can get any interest. Well, bang. Yeah. That was huge for me in, in, the, in the soul room at, uh, at Caligram. Um, David C., who, of course, who came over. And uh, you've chosen the the second. Yeah, side there was of that. part two. I think um, the other the A side's fantastic. But I, I've heard a, a one or two other DJs playing part two recently in the in the eighties rooms. Yeah, yeah, and it just seems to work. You know, with that insistent bass and that. But it's uh, it's just. But either side, you can which have a, a very dreamy record. But yeah. I mean, it, it keeps you on the dance floor. And yeah. you know, we, we go back to like, like flowers for real, which mm. Butch said was too slow. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, some records are just. Have just got that magic that keeps people yeah. on the dance floor, regardless of tempo. JJ uh, Johnson, don't you go away? Yeah, that was huge in the eighties, wasn't it? Uh, again, uh, I think. Who, uh, who was responsible for that? It wasn't one of mine. I'll tell no, you. No, no, it was um, Mr. Serling. Was uh, Mr. Serling got behind that? Yeah. yeah, yeah was that was, covered up or was it? Uh, yes, originally it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, oh, and re real standout, and, and it's got that. Uh, I said to you off air. It's, yeah. it's got that Garfield Fleming vibe as well. Yeah, I think and, he came. And, and, and almost. Heaven in the afternoon vibe, that Lou Curtin vibe. Yeah, he came from the uh, from the Budweiser. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. I think, yeah. Was, uh, I think he, the B side, Money Before Love, also came out on us. Yeah, I, I, I picked a lot of them up back in the yeah, day. I, yeah, I, so I, I love some of some, the some of them. No, no, some, yeah. some horrible ones. Some as of well. them haven't uh, stood the test of time, no. but some <laughs> of them are awesome. And we kicked off with John Simmons' uh, "Ain't Nothing Like the Love," which is a record I bought uh, back at the time. Um, I mean, rare now? Uh, unfortunately, Very. yes. I mean, I, I bought that at Thorn uh, off for a deal of for a fiver. Uh, um, like, like a lot of records. Like I mean, that, that was another, was it, was it Boomerang? And what, what, what was, was the night called Boomerang? No, it was, it was Canal, 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 Canal Boomerang, um, Resurrected. I think, the, I think, the I think some of that mecha feel with, yeah. with, you know, the Leicester boys going up there, I remember that, um, Shelvo, people like that, would always try and entice me up there, you know, but, but um, at the time I got, you know, too busy, yeah. yeah, with 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 the front end of it. I think Thorn in the late eighties, along with uh, Parker's, was yeah. uh, was was just 
which set the tone for the for the next 30 years really for me yeah and 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 again and and people are saying online here you know i mean you might be into northern but uh, once these records get exposed again at, at the kind of level that they deserve yeah and i think you know i mean we, we've talked off air about the vibe venue which currently we don't have yeah. but when we get back online again we have three rooms because the soulful house is important to me yeah. important to a lot of people and uh, the contemporary soul works very well and you know re-educating people again in in the sort of 70s 80s room uh, yeah know, this is the kind of music that's definitely going to uh, yeah records like, like the david c I, I, I you know that's something that we could we could play in the vibe um 70s and 80s room and also we're playing it in the uh, culture that uh, barry's uh, monthly yeah um do where there's a big northern room and the 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 70s and 80s and that, room. that developing i mean you've got who the djs who do that with you in culture in the modern room well in in the modern room there's um myself and uh, bill wildman bill wildman and from obviously from uh pete ratcliffe back in the day oh yeah and um nick mckinnon is one of the regulars and charlie smith as well as barry okay. Malini himself you know okay it was funny because uh, when barry was um uh putting it back together he, he said, do you, you want to come in as a regular? I said, only on the one condition. He said, what's that? He said, uh, that you DJ in there as well, instead of like being playing in because he plays the Northern Room and the... But he's been around forever, but sometimes forever. he is the reluctant DJ. We've dragged Barry back into the Modern Room and obviously he's, he's an awesome DJ. Great stuff. We... Uh, well, we're going to change the vibe again. Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the reason we're going um, sort of back into the '60s is uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a a big shout out to uh, Gary Kellett from uh, Preston. Uh, back in the in the mid '80s when all this was going on, and uh, you thought, or I thought, that there wasn't any progressive northern uh, going on because obviously it was involved mainly with the modern and the jazz yeah. punk and the yeah, etc uh, and he gave me three c90 cassettes and he you know and basically said that's what we're we're playing this sort of stuff at stafford and uh actually blew my mind uh, and we're going to play a few of them hey i, I didn't i didn't like that mr curtis what kind of start was that that wasn't Burn, that was curtis Burn.
take it over twice I'd take some good advice If I were you Girl You say you love him But tell me Are you really sure That you love him Absolutely love it. A uh, little bit of everything, and uh, just shows you what the options out there for black music are. Black music nights, different styles uh, that can work together as well, which is uh, something that uh, I've always advocated. But uh, we'll see. But just to remind you, a gig locally uh, it's coming up on Saturday, the fourteenth of October, and uh, you know because of the refugee situation, we still can't get into the hotel opposite Stoke Station. So we're back at All Sages Civic, and uh, that's of course featuring myself, Soul Sam, John Murphy, Pep. Timashi Bandy, Nigel Brown and Barry Malidi. So uh, the best of the DJs uh, who could cover that particular period. Looking back at Tiffany's again and uh, maybe, you know, maybe just taking it a little bit sideways as well. And uh, you can get tickets by emailing janbcrow uh, at gmail.com or you can get them on Skiddle if you just type in uh, freestyling or All Sages Civic or Northern Soul Tiffany's, uh, you'll be able to find the Skiddle link and tickets available on that. That's All Sages Civic Hall. That's in 3 Lawton Road, All Sages, ST72AE. Um, and that's coming up, as I say, on Saturday, October the 14th. We do that annually. Uh, obviously got thrown out a little bit with the pandemic like everybody did, but uh, very successful night and uh, looking forward to doing that as well. Um, so we're back to uh, you, Mr. Plum, and uh, you were in that game, weren't you, Cluedo? Um, we kicked off there with a record I've never heard before, and it's absolutely brilliant by the strides. Tell us a story on that. Well, yeah, well, as I said before, um, 
I got these, um, the cassettes from Gary with, you know, this is what we're this playing. This is what's happened to the staff, yeah. yeah. It absolutely blew my mind because obviously he thought uh, that um, not a lot of Northern had been rediscovered since I, I, the I, I, I think historically Stafford, Stafford yeah. you know, in, uh, you know, afterwards and, and, and while it was going on for the people who, who got it, yeah. was definitely working like that. Well, uh, I believe that record was actually played at, at Wigan yeah. uh, once yeah. or twice, but uh, but on, on the on the uh, cassettes was records like that and it just, I said, blew my mind. So uh, got me right back into it. But also, really a lot of the things that they were playing uh, the the, the, six, the mid tempo 60s thing started lending themselves to what became crossover yeah, in, yeah. In a, in a, you know which again was, was a, a massive part of my uh, uh, life in the you know then the, the sort of well, 90s still is. I mean, and still, still is, is yeah. you know yeah. very much putting on um, things like yeah. uh, Haydock and stuff like that yeah, absolutely and, yeah. and uh, all through the Orwell era, yeah yeah, you know, although when I played down to do a Mecca that's set, it. the guy on before me claimed <laughs> to have never been the Mecca and played about eight Mecca records one after the other. <laughs> um, we then moved on with the Ringleaders, which is a record uh, I used to own, absolutely brilliant record. Uh, Baby, what has happened to our love? Yeah, and that falls into the category of uh, this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that was one of the, but also that was a, a um, one of the records in the nineties when the Northern uh, scene was resurrected again yeah. in the nineties. That was one of the big. Big records then as well. And Tony Diamond on Blue Rock. But again, that fantastic label. I, I think again, not not being a, um, a Stafford uh, connoisseur, I, I, I think that that's that's a sort of record that they, people will tell you that uh, you know that mid tempo sort of that's where the uh, you know the Preston Cybermen uh, got the the names from dancing to records yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's just a lovely record. I think the uh, and, that, and that's what's brilliant about about the soul scene in this country, though, isn't it? I mean, you you do get these breakouts of people who can influence everything, but yeah. you know, but by by supporting great music, yeah. uh, you know, rather than going out and listening to the same old stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, everybody has got their own you know own way of dealing with stuff and with music. But um, I think it's great that you get breakouts like that, and and that is another Hunter Stevenson, which well, is yeah, about the, music. That's like, yeah, like like Motown. Yeah, the Four Tops uh, did a version yeah. as well. From, I, I think it's on the that that album, which is every single track's just absolutely awesome. Left with a broken heart. And, yes, uh, yes. Oh, absolutely <laughs> wonderful record. But, uh, again, uh, you know, I think a lot of people as they get older as well just realise that you know you take for granted. Our, uh, or you took for granted uh, people like the Four Tops just thinking it was yeah. just the hits. Yeah, yeah. But when you do delve into the albums, yeah. and when they moved on to ABC, the, the, the stuff they yeah. did there was just absolutely That's incredible as well. Yeah. And then we finished up with Sam Fletcher, which was a huge record. Of course, yeah. And again, that, that sort of tempo now <laughs> is uh, is perfect, perfect for us for, us for old people. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, again, a record that crosses all the scenes now, doesn't it? I mean, what, what was it? What, what was it? Corporation Club in, in, in Burnley. I mean, I remember. Was Butch going up there, coming back, and, and saying to me, "These young kids are just playing, you know, fast records." And, yeah. and you know, I've done. Uh, I did the gig with the Brixton Boys down in London a few years ago, and you've got what's going on in Bristol. And it's great to see, and, mm, and maybe maybe Jordan Wilson as well to a certain yeah. extent, that you know. There is an opportunity now for these people to just set something up on their own and have some have their own mm. version, if you will, of, of of you know the black music they want to play and include on those nights, yeah. rather than have the peer pressure of being at a night where you, you've already got the soul police. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be at a night with one room playing like everything that we've played tonight. <laughs> yes, that's me. 
That'd be a nice dream, but yeah. I think that's all it, all it will ever be again. But, but I mean, no. But when, when I refer back to some of the uh, the best clubs that I've done as residencies, you know, like Rafters, where you played everything. Mm. You, we played everything. Whether you know, I mean, you pulled one out tonight, Alfonso Serrae to Erto Marrera to mm. John Clemmer. We've touched on uh, Eddie Russ tonight, and 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 I've seen this work in in one room. But I mean, I think it's people have on the scene have learnt more about each aspect of it than, than there is opportunities you know just to concentrate on one particular area and therefore they don't want to yeah I think the nearest we've the nearest we've sort of ever got to that uh, a one room um, room playing everything is, uh, is is Yarmouth Soul Essence but again we haven't touched on that and that's been around for 30 years influencing almost coming everything. to an end isn't it I'm, and, uh, I'm told, yeah, yeah next one next um, April is the last one number 40 but the actual 30 years it's been around the uh, influence that's had yeah, and that. more importantly there's only one dance floor yeah. no room yeah. no other rooms uh, you know and they have a listening room there's a, de yeah, a deep yeah. soul room yeah, during, yeah, the, during, yeah, yeah. The, uh, during the day but at night one room so you get it all that's the way to do it
Radio 107.5 FM or on the World Wide Web. Don't forget, a couple of days this show will be downloadable. Listen again. As they all are, if you go on to Colin Curtis Podomatic, all my shows. Not here Sunday live, but the show's already been recorded, so you will be able to listen to Jazz Dance Fusion on Sunday, 2 till 5 as usual. I'll be out there on Saturday, as I say, in Birmingham at the Rectory, and on Sunday at the Duncan Halls, uh, up there in uh, Clayton the Woods, whatever that is. Clayton Moors, I think. Clayton the Moors. Oh, different place, yeah. Different place, my <laughs> word. Near Blackburn. Yeah. Near Blackburn. That's the one. Four records that you'd put into that category of... Um, Cross, crossover, crossover, you know. But I th- again, I, th- I think the um, the back end of, uh, of the, the, the Stafford uh, lads were playing records that became crossover, even though it wasn't called crossover at the time. And then obviously Thorne and Parker's um, really pushed uh, the sound forward, um, culminating in sort of Great Yarmouth, Soul, Soul Essence, early nineties. Um, and then, of course, you know, the collector's grapevine, you know, these titles get oh, talked yeah. about and then, yeah. then get eaten up. So, triode records for the first one with Ronnie McCain. Ronnie McCain, yeah. Uh, yeah. This time, I'm gone. Um, then we had uh, The Ethics. I, mean, I love The Ethics, Standing in the Darkness. Uh, yeah. uh, I Want My Baby Back, uh, which is also on Bent. And then The Strataliners. Um, yeah, just uh, just records that could be, uh, yeah, they could be crossover, but they could also, you know, they could be Northern. 
Um, uh, no, I think that last one would very much fitted into the Mecca. Uh, yeah, the, the Bobby Dukes back was yeah. more of a classic crossover sound to me. Yeah, honest. on Salu Records, that was uh, just to be with you, Bobby Dukes. Yeah. Um, and we've got, what, 40 minutes left, Steve? Where are we going to go now? We're we've got lots to fit in. I want to get back to, to the modern sound as well, but we're going to continue. Yeah, I think, we, I think um, we're, we're going to hit um, yeah, classic Yarmouth and, and, on, and on to the, uh, the Orwell. Okay.
Friday night, you with Colin Curtis and my special guest Steve Plum with some incredible soul music. It's 23, 29, we've got about 30 minutes to go, and we'll just touch on those three. I mean, uh, you, that, uh, which is a very rare original, uh, but now uh, re-available via Soul Junction, if it hasn't already become a £100 Soul Junction. <laughs> <laughs> it's been out a while on, uh, on Soul Junction, but it's just, just a great record. It's, a, it's the time of, uh, like I say, Parkers and Thorne, which took... Uh, on with the um, with the with with the Armouth, and then you had like pitches and uh, and places like that in Yorkshire, and, and you've leading said, up to you the Orwell lessons and, uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah mean, that's right. Yeah, so many places, and uh, Richard Caton, which is of course an, an all-time an, classic, an absolute a, a anthem. You know, an absolute anthem. And that, that goes back, um, yeah, with Richard again, Halfway House, yeah. and of course Trafalgar. Yeah, uh, records like that starting to get played, and that, uh, that was the time. Of course, I'm digging out all the last hour records again. With, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, all along by the telephone, Bingham, checkmates, all that kind of yeah, stuff. We the people, yeah, incredible. We've sort of gone on. We need to go back again. Oh, now. <laughs> mid eighties, we're going to need to go back. George Jackson, I don't. Oh know yeah, the yeah. That, that, that was again. That was more of a unique um, Yarmouth record. Uh, um, but again, a vibe record doesn't necessarily have dance beat, but I yeah. mean, the, the, you know, it, it brings something to the party. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a Brian Goucher record from uh, from Yarmouth. That still sounds so fa so fantastic. To it me. does sound fantastic, yeah. and uh, we're going to zip again. Yeah, move, we're, going, we're, we're whizzing back down to the. Uh, this is a record I bought for eighty five pence originally. Yep. Played it. I, I, I sold it when I sold the seventy stuff to Johnny Manship again. Yeah. Yep. Um, but this is played at the Mecca and became an anthem absolutely everywhere, and also big in London. On the rare groove scene as well, course, and then yeah. was it reissued by Disco Edits? Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been out, and uh, I think there's different versions of it. But this is uh, this is to me the uh, the archetypal uh, stepper. Vibes that I 
entering, entering a world, really, that crosses over all the genres, because some of these records I played at Blackpool Mecca, some were then revitalised, uh, you know, in that halfway house and, yep. uh, and Trafalgar period with, with Richard, and no doubt, You've got some other places that they've yeah, ever since then they've been huge, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. You know. Arnold Blair went massive on the Red Groove scene in London, and yeah. uh, we talked about you know the record that parodies it, Girl I've Been Watching You. Um, Timothy Wilson, as you say, always been a tough LP. I mean, there was um, who was on HL, what was his name? Um, Milt Matthews, no, uh, Milt Matthews is, is, yeah. is a good example, but I, I used to play tracks off the Wilbur Bascom album, oh, goodness, man, Wilbur yeah. Bad yeah. Bascom, yeah. you know, I mean, a real yeah. nice funk feel. But yeah. also a soul feel on that as well. Um, and we touched on Arnold Blair, of course. We touched on Sylvia Striplin. Well, Sylvia Striplin, that was, uh, you know, that was another moment where you hear a record and it uh, pins you to the floor. That was at, uh, uh, played by your good self at uh, Casanelli's. Uh, I, th I, you, you, I think you, you, you announced it. This is Sylvia Striplin. I thought, oh... Not too keen on that because the other side's uh, big, big. Dance. Well, well, people, big people, people have been were playing the other side. Yeah. When, when I heard that, when I heard the riff, I thought it, it's another moment I talked about earlier when, yeah. when you played that ballad earlier on. Yeah, that I would, I, I would open up with that because it's so good. Yeah, that you think that people can't ignore this. Yeah, well, I expected you, it was the, you know the the. You got to be the dance track, Come on, track, you yeah. played that. Yeah, I went that. what what what. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a favourite ever since. So. And, and I'll be dropping that, uh, if you're coming down to Birmingham, I'll be dropping that as well on Saturday. Tomorrow, in fact. and uh, Well, nearly today. Mm, not far off. <laughs> and uh, we then touched on, uh, you know, a golden period for me with albums. I mean, fantasy records and also... Yeah, the three uh, pieces. You know, the Wayne Henderson productions, and there yeah. was a band called Independent Movement with a track called Slipping Away. Polydor, yeah. There was a band right. called All Spice, uh, yeah. you know. And, and those were the... That like, was also called Slipping Away. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, but that was the period when I started to play these album yeah. tracks, and, and that last hour gave me the opportunity. So yeah. that opened up into, of course, uh, you know, the Mazel Brothers, Donald Bird, mm. uh, Patrice Russian, the P Prestige albums, the first yeah. two Prestige, Azar Lawrence, uh, mm. Kicking Back. Um, and, you know, people, what, what excited me was that people were reacting to this. I know all the music passages that the Mecca had been through, but we've, we were now still taking on board mm. new music that was getting people excited. Mm. And for me, that was phenomenal. And I mean, Arnold Blair, another 85 pence record yeah, originally. Yeah, exactly. As a new release. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you know, quite a few records. I mean, Notations, of course, are on Jemigo and, mm. you know, some, some great music on that. Yeah, label. that was another Rasputin label. That's Putin's stash. Uh, yeah, yeah, some brilliant stuff on that. Some brilliant stuff. Um, so, we, we, we're back in that sort of, uh, and, and, you know, Back end of the Mecca, beginning of the Ritz, but as you say, then spilled out all over the place. Now we're going on to a smooth tip. We've got about 12, 14 minutes to go. Yeah, um, I promised that I'd play some uh, deep soul, but I think we've, uh, you know, this was, a, this was a record that uh, bought for the other side, which is uh, Oscar Perry's uh, main string. Yep. Uh, as as his other, his, the B side of his other one, I Got All What You Need, was also yep. a record yep. that, you know, Absolutely blew my mind when I played it, and uh, ever since I've loved it. And this is uh, this is the B side to Mainstring. It's called "I Was Right."
Selections tonight, big deal, and of course, not as good as swinging on the star. I like that hello, mother, hello, father, as well. That's good. Andy Tatch, you're gonna have to just do a little bit more Horlicks before you go. And Eddie Hubbard hanging on for grim life. You've retired, Eddie, you can stay in bed tomorrow. Steve, tell us about the last three quickly. We've got one more to squeeze in tonight. I um, hope everybody in chat room has enjoyed it. Don't forget, the listen again is happening in a couple of days' time. Uh, I'm in Birmingham at the Rectory tomorrow night, uh, Jazz Funk Soul, and then, of course, up at the Duncan Half on Sunday where you get a bit of connoisseur soul, a bit of this kind of soul, a little bit of Soulful House, a little bit of Mecca, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so, one way or another, it's going to be down with rain, I'm afraid. Duncan Halsh on Sunday starts for me in the uh, uh, crossover room. Yes. Uh, a couple of things just to, just before we uh, we end the night. First of all, I'd like to thank, for, thank you for the... Uh, for the invite, Colin. It's been it's, fantastic, uh, mate. Been yeah, a blast and, and you'll be coming there. back next year along with some of the other people who've been on. But I finished off there. Don't forget, some... next month, uh, that's Friday, 18th of August, is Andy Tatch Taylor, who's nearly ready for bed. <laughs> yeah, just, I've just read his, uh, his post <laughs> there. Just, uh, play something bad, then I can go back to bed. <laughs> All right, I'll see you soon, Tats, that's for sure, Matt. Um, just a couple of things. Um, we have uh, a couple of things coming up. Um, We've got the Haydock uh, Spirit of the Orwell night coming up in November with uh, with Butch once again as yes. uh, as, as our main. Uh, what date's that uh, in November? I think it's the twenty fifth, but I don't okay. have a diary in front okay. of me. So uh, and um, we've got obviously Bilbao Soulful so, uh, um, for Real weekend. Uh, the the last Yarmouth next year in April yep. is, is yep. going to be a key key night. Um, Deb of Soul weekend uh, in uh, in November is also brilliant. And uh, myself and uh, Bob Cosby uh, are doing Can You Dig It in September as well. Okay. Where's so that? In Altrincham? That's, that's in Altrincham, yep. which is a great night as well. And uh, obviously, Barry's Culture every month. Yep. And at the moment, I've got uh, So Soulful 70s is, uh, is on ice at the moment. But uh, like I say, we're, we're pushing forward with the modern room in, uh, in Culture. And can't wait to do Vibe. Well... It's coming back, and, and you're doing Vibe, of course, on uh, August the 20, whatever it was, uh, which which we did a party up there in Warrington early on. It was fantastic. Steve's joining us this time. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. It's Colin Curtis, and thanks, Steve, for making it yeah, tonight. Yeah, thank Absolutely you. I'm going to leave you with this one. These are for, for my, my kids, Faye and Grace, and uh, uh, 
You'll love this. <laughs>